the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom, and let's get together and pray. Amen. (laughs) Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King. We love you. We just declare that you are king of our lives. We declare, O Lord, that we are your servants and that we love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And Lord, we will declare your glory to a dark and dying world. And so, Father, we ask that the word that we study this day will pierce our hearts so that we can know the heart of the Messiah, your very heart, Lord, that we can follow you and obey you and really understand your desires. So, Lord, we pray that this would be a time of anointing, not only for me as the teacher, but also for the recipients, that hearts would be open, minds would be open, and that we would see your glory. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay, well, last week we began... A study of Romans 9 through 11, and I'm realizing that this is going to take a while. (laughs) So get your pencil and paper out so that you can take some notes. If you have questions or ideas and you want to express them to me, uh, email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. By the way, if you'd like to help us with Paying for this radio time, that would be great too. Please call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, these chapters are the key, I believe, to understanding Paul's heart, God's heart, and the importance of Messianic Judaism in these days. From these three chapters, we see 
that Messianic Judaism is part of God's plan. As we spoke in depth last week, we see the intensity and the passion that Paul has for his people. Imagine a group of people physically and emotionally abusing you, and then you say about them, I would be willing to lose my standing with my God, my very salvation, if, Lord, you would save them. The very people who is abusing him, he wants to see saved. That's Paul's heart. But that's also God's heart. Paul's letters are all about teaching the new believers, mostly not Jewish, what they need to know to be successful disciples of Yeshua. He devotes three chapters of Romans to help these non-Jews to understand the Jewish people and their role in the kingdom, both past, present, and future. After understanding these chapters, any form of Christian anti-Semitism should be condemned. And every claim, whether by Jews or Christians, that the good news is not for Jewish people today, that must be received as, as, as not being from God. Right? These chapters are critical to the Christian because the identity in Yeshua is sealed because of the promises to Jewish people have been kept by God and will be kept in the future. And if God keeps his promises to Jewish people, he'll also keep his promises to Christians. Amen? Yeah. Last week, we spent a good deal of time seeing Paul's intensity and passion for the people of Israel's salvation. We compared his willingness to be sacrificed to Moses in Exodus 32, 32, where he said, where Moses said, yet now, please forgive their sin, God, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written, right? So you can see the similarity between Paul and Moses. Also, we compared Paul's willingness to be a sacrifice to Yeshua's willingness, as he was described in Galatians 3.13. Messiah liberated us from Torah's curse, having become a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that Through Messiah Yeshua, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so we might receive the promise of the Ruach, the Spirit, through trusting faith. God wants our hearts to be compassionate for the lost. In these three examples, they didn't argue with the people they disagreed with. They just acted in righteousness, right? Which model do you use, arguing or modeling God's behavior? It's also quite remarkable how much of the chapters on Romans lean on and relate directly to the Hebrew Scriptures. That's why pen and paper could be needed as we go back and forth today. Believe it or not, we were just finishing the explanation of verse 4. And I'll read it. To them, meaning the Israelites, belonging the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the Torah and the temple service 
and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, Messiah, who is overall God-blessed forever. Amen. So we looked at a number of the words that Paul used to describe the calling of the Israelites. We looked at adoption. We looked at glory, which I think you might want to listen to last week's recording about that. We looked at the Torah, and now we're going to look at the word service. And it's talking about the temple service which is all about God's provision for the Israelites' spiritual survival and also how God cleansed them from sin through the sacrificial system that, so that they would be maintained and ready for when Messiah would come. God had to maintain them and spiritually get them ready for Messiah. So we see in Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, For you are a holy people, to Adonai your God from all the peoples of the face of the earth. Adonai your God has chosen you to be his treasured people. He called us to be holy, whether we were or not, that's a whole different thing. But he called us, he named it to us, he proclaimed us as holy. In Joshua twenty two twenty seven, it says, But as a witness between us and you and between our generations after us, so that we may do the service of Adonai before him with our burnt offerings and our sacrifices, with our fellowship offerings. We see it also in First Chronicles 28.13. It says, also for the divisions of the Kohanim, the priests, and the Levites, for all the tasks of the Avodah. Now, Avodah means service. It means working for the Lord. Um, so, all the tasks of the Avodah of the house of Adonai and for all the vessels of Avodah in the house of Adonai. So we see here that this is how God preserved his Jewish people for a, for a spiritual outcome through this service. But we also see as we go back to verse 4 and 5 that Another thing that Paul brings up is the patriarchs, okay? And he mentions them, and he also mentions that God gave them promises. So these are two other crucial uh, ideas because they speak of God's faithfulness. And finally, Paul was upset because Yeshua was an Israelite. He was Jewish. And he also said he came for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel. So with all of these things, this is why Paul felt so strongly about his Jewish people coming to know Yeshua the Messiah and how he was willing to give up his salvation if that would be permitted by God. Now, a side note to the verse we just read in verse 5 where Paul says that Yeshua is God. Let me, let me read it to you so it makes sense. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, the Messiah, who is overall God-blessed forever. Now, there are disagreements about this verse and whether it's speaking about Yeshua only 
or Yeshua and God the Father. But I believe it's speaking about Yeshua only, and I believe that Paul is saying when he says Messiah, who is overall God blessed forever, that he is talking about Messiah being deity. And and so he is showing that Messiah is part of the triune nature of God. And I believe that anytime you see in scripture where it says Yeshua is God so strongly, you better remember that scripture, right? So it's Romans 9 verse 5, yeah? Finally, in Romans 5, he says, Paul says, praise be Adonai forever. Or another way to say it is God blessed forever. This is language which is so often used in Jewish blessings, and it would be Baruch Adonai Leolam Va'ed, okay? Adonai forever, uh, praise be God forever, or blessed forever. So for those of you who are Christians and know that Paul wrote the instruction that God wanted all to know, allow Romans 9, those first five verses, to touch your heart. God wants our heart to be like Paul's heart. This is the heart of Messiah. Understand God's heart for Israel and the Jewish people. This should be your heart too. Well, let's continue. We're at verse 6. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all those who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor are they all children because they are Abraham's seed, Rather, your seed shall call, be called through Isaac. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. Rather, the children of the promise are counted as seed. For the word of the promise at this is this. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. So this is so interesting that you find this in the book of Romans, right? That it says that the children who are the children of the promise are the counted as the seed, and not all of Israel is that, right? God decided, first of all, let's look at it this first. God decided that what is to be called your seed for the purpose of the promise will come through Isaac. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important in many different reasons but but one of them is have you ever heard some of the muslims claim that the land belongs to the arabs on the ground that they are abraham's seed through ishmael right but scripture that i just read in romans and i'll now read in genesis 21:13 refute that in genesis 21:11 it says now the matter was very pleasing in Abraham's eyes on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be displeased about the boy and your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, listen to her voice. For, For through Isaac shall your seed be called. Yet I will also make the son of the slave woman into a nation because he is your seed. So on one hand, we see that Ishmael will become a nation because of being from Abraham. On the other hand, 
the seed will go through Isaac. And so the promises will go through Isaac. Also in verse 6, it says, For not all these who are descended from Israel are Israel. Not For not all those who are descended from Israel are Israel. So, look, this is, again, argued about what is being talked about. I personally believe that this is talking um, not only about Israel and, and the Jewish people, but also the fact that Gentiles will start coming into the promises. That doesn't make them Jews, but it does mean that they become part and parcel of the family of God, right? So uh, we're not saying, as I said, that Christians are Jewish people, but there is a remnant in Judaism, and this is speaking about the remnant and the Christians together. Now, the remnant has to be believers, and so we are talking about Messianic Jews and Christians coming together right? The one new man, as many people would say. Who are the children of the promise and who are the children of the flesh? Well, physically, the Jews remain the firstborn, but spiritually, the children of the seed are those who follow God. The Gentile believers, Christians, have been grafted in to the family of God, right? And now are, as I said, siblings to the Jews. Okay. Verse 10, and not only this, but also Rebecca having twins from one act with our father Isaac. Yet before the sons were even born and had not, uh, not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose and choice might stand not because of works, but because of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, God, uh, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Well, there's a lot of things to talk about here. The first thing is that we have to understand the sovereignty of God. This is extremely important, and though it's not what we're going to focus on, God is sovereign, but we also have free choice. And this is a very difficult concept for us to understand. But we have to realize that God is sovereign. And again, Romans in this place is is quoting the Hebrew Scriptures. It says in Genesis 25, 23, Adonai said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and the two peoples from your body will be separated. Uh, one people will be stronger than the other, but the older will serve the younger. And we also see in Malachi 1, verse 2, I loved you, says Adonai, but you say, how have you loved us? Was Esau not Jacob's brother? It is the declaration of Adonai, yet I love Jacob and Esau I hated. I made his hills a wasteland and gave his inheritance to jackals of the wilderness. Now, having said that, you might not think it's fair when we use the word hate. And I I would actually 
say that maybe that's not correctly translated, though almost every translation says hate. I believe what is meant here is loved less. We see it both in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the New Covenant. The word hate is, I believe, used for loved less. Now, another an example in the New Covenant would be Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stick by one and love, uh, look down on the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, so you can't serve God and money, but are you ready to say you hate money? No, but you are ready to say that you love money less than God. So maybe the, their use of hate brings a greater um, contrast, and so you are to see what God is trying to say. But we see it in many places. Luke fourteen twenty six. if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So are we saying that we are to hate our family so that we can become a disciple? No. We are to love them less than God. God has to be number one. He is the most important. So when John in 12.25 says he who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it forever, meaning loves it less, we have to put God where he belongs. He is on top, right? So can we understand God's choice between Jacob and Esau, God's sovereignty? One of the things that we see here, it's not by works. Now, whether it's in Romans or in the book of Genesis, we know it's not by works, but by God's grace. God made the choice before they were born. It had nothing to do with whether they did good things or bad things. Rather than asking, I think, why did God love Esau less? We should ask ourselves, Why did God love Jacob so much? Good question, right? So the way I'd answer it, because Jacob, as we know, like us, was far from perfect. But he finally got onto that journey with the Lord and kept improving his relationship with God. And I believe that's something that God wants us to do, too. We need to keep improving our relationship. And by the way, looking back at Esau's life, we know that God didn't bless Esau in regarding to inheriting the covenant promises. But he did bless Esau as we read in Genesis 33:9. Esau said to Jacob, "I have plenty, O my brother, do keep all that belongs to you." This isn't another reason to understand that the word hated might have been better translated as loveless. Well, I am so sorry to stop here. I realize we haven't gotten very far, but it is the end of the show. We're out of time. So why don't you tell your friends or your Bible study partners that we are studying Romans 9 to 11 and they should join us on the radio and and that if they want to hear the first two uh, programs, they can go 
to shoreshdavid.org, uh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org, and click on Ministries, and then click on the Heart of Messiah Radio, and that then select the teaching that they want to hear. Also, um, please send us a gift so that we can stay on the radio in 2018. Please call Karen at 813-831-5673. If you'd like to contact me, email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. I pray that God has touched your heart and that you would grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah So let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.